Richardson takes it off! A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson! Really? He could be in here, he's all alone, he's gone! Sensation at Wembley from Sunderland! McKinney! Welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Preview Podcast. After a near-perfect start of the season, Sunderland contrives to do a bit of a Sunderland and play the best they have done so far, only to miss a host of chances and lose 1-0 to Burton. However, there is a chance to remedy that this weekend as we welcome our friends Wimbledon to the Saving Light for our second home game for the season. And the preview of the game is Lee from Don's podcast, The Wombles Had a Dream. Lee, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, podcast debut for you. Normally we'll have Ivor on, but I'm, I'm politely informed you're far superior to Ivor. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm, I'm bigger than Ivor, which I, most people are, to be fair. But yeah, uh, no, yeah, Ivor's the most superior Wimbledon fan there probably possibly is. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite yeah happy to come on. Thank you. No, no, no problem at all. Um, we'll start straight from the off, which is probably not a great thing for you, but nonetheless, I think victory was, shall we say, snatched last night by Gillingham in the very last kick of the game, 97th minute equaliser against, I think, 10 men as well. Yep. Um, probably the, not the best time to catch you, but you've had 24 hours to digest it. How are you feeling after the game? Uh, I'm buzzing still because we're back at Plough Lane. So at the moment, uh, it was my second game. that we, uh, Some people have been before with test events and stuff, but my first game was against Bolton on Saturday. First game under lights at Plough Lane. The first time we've had a... Tuesday night under lights in 30 years. So the results at the moment are just, yeah, we're playing some very good football as well. So it was gutting to concede last minute, especially the way it was conceded with a deflected goal. And that was their only shot on target in the second half. Uh, but we're playing very, very well at the moment. We're playing some very good attacking football with a very young and hungry side. So it was gutting to concede like we did, especially against a Steve Evans side with him just on the sideline, not stopping, and these stupid assistant manager, Rayner, just, they do my head in, the two of them. I don't know how to get away with it and how they've got away with it for so long, but yeah, it was it was going, but a point is, uh, at the moment, pretty good for us at the moment. Yeah, I wanted to speak to you about Plough Lane, because obviously, due to go back, sort of, before you actually did as fans, technically, but we all know the feeling of being shut out from football for song and, and getting back, you finally got in, um, spiritual home. I think everyone knows the history of, of Wimbledon. I don't need to go through that, things that you've gone through, things that have happened. Um, how does it just feel not to be back just in football grounds? Because we know that, but how does it get back to feel the ground that yours is your spiritual home, back in the ground, back with family, back with friends, back with where you, you know you should be, really? Yeah, our episode is solely on this week's episode is solely on Plough Lane and going back there with a couple of guests on just talking about their experiences. And 
I was I was saying I was a bit detached from football with COVID. I was watching it at home. I don't like watching it at home. I, I'm, I go home and away, uh, and I, I love watching it live. I love having the banter with the away fans, or you know, getting as close to as far as you can with them. Uh, that feeling of scoring last minute, like we did against Bolton on Saturday, where we where you're watching at home and you're going mental, and and, and my missus is going like calm down, and it's just not the same feeling. Uh, and I was kind of getting a bit detached from football. And I think any football after 18 months away is brilliant. And I think you're seeing that in every stadium that you watch. But for us, it's something special because we've built this ourselves. So it was quite funny on Tuesday against Julian where they were singing, you let your club die. And I was looking around at this brand new spanking stadium in the middle of, of Wimbledon that I've paid for pretty much and bought. And every single one of our fans... Have, have paid for it and, and it's our stadium now it's our ground in the middle of our community bit bit like yourselves with Sunderland you're a community club you're one you're one club city kind of thing yeah we're in London it's very very hard to have that but we've I think not the one club kind of thing but we've got that now community base and we, we yeah it's just brilliant it's, it's it's very it was very emotional a very emotional walking in I walked in with my boy he's 12. And he's been watching women since he was three. And it's, for me, it's what it's about. It's about, your fam- as you said, your family, your friends. Do you know what I mean? And it's a special, come down, when you when you come down, you'll, you'll... Did, you, did you ever go to King's Meadow? Have you been to King's Meadow? King's Meadow, I didn't get to, but I know a lot of people absolutely loved going down. I think that was the, the league cat and all double game. So extra special yeah. for Southern fans, yeah. And the Southern fans were absolutely brilliant. The ones I spoke to after the game, they were just there for a good day. I, I don't think you thought you were going to be in the league that long as you have been. So you were just literally just loving life. And yeah, I love the Sunderland fans. And uh, But the view and getting food and drink at the stadium were awful. It was probably the worst away day for that. But coming down to Plowdown Lane, you're going to have a little section, a concourse. Like, we're not used to concourses at Wimbledon. We yeah. obviously, Sunderland, they are. We're, we're not used to that. It's so, it's like literally weird to us to have a concourse. You, We sat outside a bar, we sat in a car park drinking beer. But now we've got a concourse. It's just, yeah, it's madness for us. But come down, it's going to be, yeah. And as I said, the Sunderland fans were brilliant when they come down to our place. So. It's kind of, I don't want to assume, you know, when, oh, I don't, not assume, I don't want to say Wimbledon were born this new AFC one, but Wimbledon, the Wimbledon for me, the Vinnie Jones is the Laurie Sanchez, that like me growing up like 96, 97, Wimbledon, seventh, eighth, top in the, in the Premier League or Premiership as it was known then. But like I say, we know the history of what happened and I can't quite imagine what it would be like to not have a Sunderland or have Sunderland actually stolen away from me, which it, it was in my personal opinion um, and many others. So to be kind of in the third tier from where you came from, I kind of half remember Kerry Dixon planning to play up front for you kind of back back in the day that as a as a youngster, a teenager. So you've gone from something that has been so small and so hard to build up. And yeah, you might shoot up a few leagues, but you've got back into the third tier. You've been there for a good while. You've got aspirations to go further with that. You've got a brand new stadium. There must be a moment where you kind of sit back and you go, bloody hell, we, we did this actually. And it must be taking you back quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's just it's mad. It is literally mad. Like it's it was again. It was so emotional on Saturday getting there. But Wimbledon have always punched above our weight. We've always done it when we were in the Premier League. And, and again, we were saying on on our pod is that I've watched Wimbledon now playing every single professional men's football. 
so we started, I watched Wimbledon in Premier League, Wimbledon FC, Premier League, first division. We got relegated to the championship or championship now as first division. And then when we started again and we we were AFC Wimbledon, I say start again, we didn't, we were a continuation of Wimbledon FC in, in yeah. our eyes. You know I mean, most of our fans went to 88 FA Cup final and started in the combined counties. I don't, that's literally like the year, step, step seven it is. And I've watched them from all the way up to League One and, and we're still punching well above our weight. We just lost our best striker last year, Joe Piggott, to mm. Ipswich because they're paying him bigger money and better money. But we've got other players coming through now who are young, hungry, and, and we'll lose them again. We did it at Wimbledon. We used to lose players. We lost Cole Court to Newcastle up the road, seven million. Do you know what I mean? We couldn't keep them, and but we still found them. And we will always punch above our weight. And we are now. We're in League One playing against the Sunderlands, the Ipswiches. Uh, we've got Oxford in a couple of weeks. And it's just huge to us to be in League One in our own ground. In, and, and we were saying it's the we've got the potential now to push on. Money will always be tight for us, but it's finding these gems in the inner city of London and saying, look, we can make you a professional footballer. You get released by Palace, you get released by Chelsea, come and play for Wimbledon, you'll be... You'll, you'll be a professional footballer and we won't stand in their way if they want to move on. And that that's the good thing, I think, in Sunderland. You've got a pool of players that you can pretty much sign. There's only a few teams that are, do you know what I mean, going to get them players where we've, we're fighting against Fulham. We're fighting against Brentford now who are in the Premiership and we've got to try and have that pathway to men's football for them uh, and we will always fight. But yeah, you look, you sit down, and I don't think we've women fans have never really sat down and thought about our journey, and we've just enjoyed it, and it's been amazing. It's brilliant. It's such a good journey. I imagine that kind of sitting in in Lane for the Bolton game was maybe the the first time you had that chance to kind of sum up in. You probably can't sum it up, but that chance to look back on the journey because you had the visual the visualization of it all. I would assume would it be yeah. like you able to sit and see it. Because we, we, we had to have a few test events beforehand, which mm-hmm. I wasn't overly key. I didn't go to any of them because I wanted my first game to be at Plough Lane with a full packed house. Uh, and it was kind of, some people were saying like the gloss maybe were taken off it a little bit with regards to the test events. Mm-hmm. Obviously, then watching at home and seeing an empty Plough Lane and thinking, oh, I should be in there, I should be in there. But yeah, I had chills when I, me and my son, it's, it's just where I had him like, wrap my arms around him as we were walking through to our seats and again we've never had a concourse we had terrace so we walked you walked in and then you see the whole pitch and it's again if you're a kid going to Sunderland you walk up the steps it's the old cliche you know you see people videoing their kids going oh it's their first game and their faces but I was that kid I was like a 40 year old kid just walking in with my boy and and and, and people for some reason think this is mad because you've got 40,000 what is it 50 40,000 48, 48, 500, 40, yeah, between. We got 9,000, do you know what I mean? And I'm just blown away by it. I'm sitting there thinking this is just amazing and it's it's out. And the big thing is it's ours. We built this and it's out. No one could, whatever them lot up the road say about us or any other team like Ginnon were trying to give it to us the other day, what anyone says about Wimbledon, it's ours. No one can take it away from us. We've, we've built that, we've made that and we've we've paid that history that history is ours and I think even like when you go because you were saying about the 90s footballers before and you meant obviously Carl Court Jason Newland thinking of Leonard's and but even yep. then I was thinking of the ground was Selhurst Park for me growing up and, and that was palaces really so even then it goes 
sort of before, doesn't it? I suppose so. It's got like double meaning to it. But um, as it is, I kind of wish it was away now that we spoke about it. But <laughs> now that we're here, Stadium Light. Um, as I said in the, the preview, I, I sort of saw our side dominate our game during the week. Um, looking at statistics and quest highlights, which is never the same as what you're getting the chance of. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it looks like statistically the Bolton game and the Gillingham game, you appeared the best of the two sides, specifically in the Gillingham game, maybe because they had 10 men, so on and so forth. But I think five points from the first three games, four with Milton, who were often tipped to go down. I think a few people said this might be the season, yada, yada. I don't think that, but some people do. Um, is five points from the first three a good return, despite that, what looks like domination? Or is the fan base a little bit frustrated that it just wasn't a little bit more? No, I think five points is fair. I think Bolton, we we got lucky, but we were 3-1 down. Uh, Last 25, 30 minutes, they, they literally couldn't live with us. And we, we, we I thought we were going to nick it and maybe go on and get the three points at Gillingham. You always expect a tough test from Gillingham, but they mm-hmm. they were pretty poor, to be fair. They were really bad yesterday. But I don't, I, I'm happy with the five points at the moment. But I know our manager is not, which is brilliant for us because you, you want that. He's not happy with only five points where previous years we've had managers would be buzzing over five points and saying what how good it is. Last year, I'd be going up to the stadium light and thinking we're going to get turned over here, where now I'm thinking we can we can get three points on Saturday, which is mad to me because Sunderland should roll us over, really. And it, as you said, everyone tips us to go down. But I think that's just tipping on like the bookies don't know who we've signed. With COVID, it's totally different football season this year, I think, because a lot of people can't sign players that they want. There's not that much money in football as there was previously. A lot of people having to go to their youth teams. You know, I tip Burton as to be one of my dark horses this year because of what they've done last year. And I think they they will nick, but it'll be hard to play against. Like you, you found on Tuesday, you, you dominated the game, but you couldn't, couldn't get through. Where I think we... If you dominate a game against us, we have got pace to get at you, and we are very fit this year. And I think we can. I think we can. I think we should be dark horses for playoffs this year, which is um, madness. I found the appointment of obviously your manager quite an interesting one because I had um, Glenn Hodges on about a year ago, obviously discussing his career, kind of separate at the interview pods that we sometimes do. Um, but obviously, Glenn Hodges, is, in my opinion, came across as very much a Wimbledon man. I know he's at Sheffield United, and I know he was that, that lot up the road and all that kind of stuff. And, and Watford, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, but it felt like a point when it got to where you probably needed a change. And, and I thought, well, I wonder who the next Wimbledon man would be that comes in. And to little old me, I was like, Robinson? Who's that? He's not a Wimbledon man. And then you read into his history, and he's been there like it's his first job, job. He's obviously been at Fulham, um, I think youth team level I think he was previously he's worked with your academy he's built his way up he's kind of a lot like a lot of Wimbledon he's built his way through the kind of um, each section of the club and got himself to the top and he seems to be building a bit of a a reputation here Um, but the person who will know best is is you of course Lee what have you made of his first sort of eight months at the helm? He's fantastic I know Robbo personally to be fair he's been at our club for 17 years he come in as a academy director kind of thing when we didn't really have an academy uh, and he's been there 17 years and he's the perfect fit for Wimbledon he, he he's just yeah he, I, I sent him a message before we played on Saturday say well done and try and enjoy it but you are the, 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 the perfect fit for a manager to lead a Wimbledon team at, at Plough Lane in front of fans and 
as I said, he's been he's worked hard, as you said. Like, don't get me wrong, Glenn Hodges, as you said, he was he's a Wimbledon man, he was a legend. But the football under Glenn was quite boring. He was scared of losing. Mm-hmm. Where with Robbo, he's not. And we have we've got a player called Aya Bassell who went on. This is a brilliant story that people, a lot of people don't know about, but talk sport, Jamie O'Hara. He was manager of Billericay Town, who playing just below the conference. He went on loan there and he got sent back after one game by Jamie O'Hara. Said he's not he's not big enough. He he won't make it in the game of football. Robbo become manager, chucked him straight in. He's got eight goals, I think, in about eleven games now, and he's one of our best players. And we'll move for over a million pound. He'll be the first ever Wimbledon player to be sold for a million pound plus. And that's just thinking because he's small. People think that's it. You, you, they've ruled him out before he's even touched the ball. But Robbo will give him that chance. And it's what he, he signed with signed McCormick from Chelsea. But last year, a year before, we would never have done that. But he he goes to these players. He, he sits down with them. He presents to them about the club. One of the first things he presents to the players is that they have to do a little bit of charity work around the community. So we've got a thing called DLAG, which gives food to underprivileged children or families make sure they can have laptops and stuff like that in an age where it's needed. And they have to do that work. And if they had turned around and said, oh, no, I'm not interested in that, he wouldn't sign them. doesn't matter if they're the best players in the world. He just, you have to have that fit for Wimbledon. And as you said, he has that fit and he's just, he's perfect for what we've got at the moment. And he fit, he fit, thinks outside the box. So strange one that's just happened at Wimbledon is he's just signed a substitute coach. So this is someone... Yeah, it's brand new. Someone that now will look at the stats of subs and when's the best time to bring on, say, a striker, Oli Palmer. Oli Palmer's not got the pace and stuff, but there might be a time in the game where it goes, right, 75th minute, bring them on because that's when their defence is getting tired or this is when they can see goals from corners. You can, Sunderland might can see goals from corners the last 20 minutes of a game. So we'll bring another, yeah, it's just, blown. we've got a restarts coach, someone that just solely does corners and throw-ins. Because he believes that if you've got a throw-in, that's a Wimbledon throw-in, so that should be our ball. But a lot of people just throw it, don't they? You see them, they just mm-hmm. throw down the line. Or, and the other team just get it back straight away. But that is your ball. Why are you giving it back to the opposition straight away? And it's things like that, you think. Little margins that he's just trying to get. If we can get 1% over Sunderland, that could be the difference from a 1-0 win or 0-0 or 1-0 loss. Then fine margins are huge in football now. And stats are just massive. It's stuff like that that he's bringing to Wimbledon. I suppose his his background as well, because I think he's he's in his fifties, but he's still a, a young manager in terms of experience. If you if you look at the games he's played, I think he's. I'm not a big stats man, but I, I read that his win percentage, I'm sure, is near thirty five percent or something since he's took over, which is not bad by anyone's account, especially for a team that's often, like I say, tipped to be in the, the lower reaches. Mm. But if he's coming through, obviously the academy and stuff like that, and like you say, I think Wimbledon over the past few years since they've been in the league with us, and obviously naturally I paid more attention to them. Do you sign young, hungry players? Some will work, some will not work. So I suppose him working there for that long and being as at the club as long as he has. That almost marries up with your ethos anyway, doesn't it? So it makes him the perfect choice on, on paper. Yeah, and where he's been working in academy, he knows the players that he's been working with. And and when I, when I spoke to him personally, he said, we, we've got a player called Elliot Bolton who's just gone on loan to a non-league team around near Wimbledon. Uh, and he said he he's the best football brain that he's got at the club, but he's not very well built. So, But he might not make it now until 24. He might not 
Right, chat. But a lot of clubs will just release these players because they're not ready at that time. And you, you've seen probably at Sunderland and stuff, you've, it's, we have to win now and not the bigger picture. It mm-hmm. has to be win now, win now, win now at all costs. Where he's thinking about the bigger picture, this could, kid could be ready at 24. He's only 20 now, so we've got a say with him for four years. It's not going to cost us a lot of money to keep him. So keep him now for the four years. And then when he's 24, we could have this brilliant player. And, and he's getting all our youth team players out on loan to men's football. So we've just had, I think it's like eight players now from our youth team, all gone out to play senior football at Conference, Conference South, just below that, because they need to get men's football. There's no point in them playing under 23s. And he sees that. And that's, I think, brilliant for us as a club, because these boys, once they become that potential, they could either make us a lot of money or they're going to be playing in our first team, which means we get a lot more points. And that's just the thinking, the different thinking where, as I said, football nowadays is win now at all costs. Let's not worry about down the line. Very much like that with someone. Yeah, <laughs> that's why, do you know what I mean? And that's where a lot of teams, I think they fall down, especially the big clubs coming down. They think that they, they, they don't do it right, in my opinion, with regards to their player transfers. It's the first time it's felt like someone might have got it right, but I'm hoping not tempting fate there, but it took us four <laughs> years to get there, Jesus. Um, I found some of the signs you made this season really interesting. One that really stuck out to me, probably because of personal where I live and stuff like that, but brought in obviously uh, Dabo Madube, um, who scored um, ex-former Rangers youth team player, yep. turned on his contract, I believe, I don't know that for a fact, and went to, to Watford, obviously came in on loan, he scored his first goal. Our impresses came in. George Marsh has come in. I think George Marsh has come in from Spurs. Free agent as well. We signed him. No loan. That's a free agent, yeah. Um, And a few others along that, but they were the names that sort of stuck out for me. Um, It's three games in. We can't judge any of them, but who's made the best first impression? There's a few, to be fair. Uh, Davos Davos coming on a sub more than he started. He started the other day against Junior, uh, and he was brilliant against Bolton when he came in. He's just got pure pace. Yeah. I, I think... He would have done well at Rangers and made it at Rangers if he had a first touch. His first touch lets him down. So I think that's why he didn't really play it as much for Rangers. But I can see why Watford assigned him because his pace is unreal. Presley looks... I tip Presley to be our miss of the season uh, because I did. I just, I just saw him in pre-season and he was struggling with the men's game. We were playing against big old centre-backs, non-league team, mm-hmm. and they were bullying him a little bit. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a worry. But he's got a lot of pace. George Marsh is fantastic. How we've got him for nothing from Spurs is just beyond me. But I said on our podcast, I think COVID has a lot to do with transfers nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because previously, Sunderland might be looking at a George Marsh. But will he want to move away from his family to go to the north or, or move away from his family and then be in lockdown? And stuff happen where you're not going to have much support around you. Where now they're playing for Wimbledon, he's going to be local to there. His, his family are going to be all local, so they've got support around them. Uh, but the big one for me is Luke McCormick, who we got from Chelsea. Again, another free transfer. We thought we were going to get him on loan. Uh, he was superb for Bristol last year, even though they went down. He was their best player by country mile, and they said that they couldn't believe that he signed for Wimbledon. But again, I think he's a local boy. He lives locally. He's got his family and friends who are going to support him if he has a bad spell. And he is electric. He makes it tick. He's got, he can play with both feet and he'll score the odd goal. And uh, 
yeah, it's a very exciting time to be a Wimbledon fan at the moment, which is very rare. We've yeah, usually we tip to go down straight away, but football's a funny game. We, we're very happy at the moment, but it can soon change if we lose, say Saturday to yourself. We have got Ipswich and then Oxford as well, so we've got a tough run in now, and it depends on the next five games how we do. Yeah, no, it is a tough run, and I was looking through the games that you have and stuff like that. It's like, but coming in with five points, I'm. Based on what people did beforehand, it's not a bad return, to be fair. Um, before I leave players you signed completely, I have to mention it because I didn't even realise this had happened, but I wouldn't say he's got a history with us, but Sunderland fans will remember Darius Charles, um, who made a bit of an arse of himself whilst he played for Wickham, my, <laughs> our house and all that kind of stuff. You may have seen it, but he, he talked a bit of rubbish. Um, I've noticed he's not appeared yet, so I'm quite looking forward to giving him a little bit of jip on Saturday if he does, but how likely are we to see him on Saturday? Probably unlikely to see him on the pitch. Yeah. You'll, you'll see him on the bench, which is better for you because it means you can give him stick from the, oh, the sidelines and <laughs> yeah, just in the stands, you, he'll get it. Uh, Darius is quite a strong person. I don't think yeah. it'll phase him no matter what. He's a philosopher. He likes all the philosophers chat and stuff like that. If you look at his socials, his Instagram's in quite in, quite interesting. I find yeah, that too. yeah. I don't really get on with it too much, but yeah, he, he some of the stuff he says, yeah, it's just I just leave it. But yeah, I don't. He won't. I don't think he was. I think we signed him to do more with his philosophy side. Again, it agrees with our manager. He kind of they were on the same page regarding that. He's a strong figure to have around for the youngsters, and I think it's more to do with the coaching side. I think he'll be doing his coaching badges. Uh, why he's with Wimbledon uh, and he's a good personality to have around the club as well but I th- yeah he won't be, I don't think he'll be starting on Saturday Because if I remember correctly when he was at Wickham obviously he went and played 20 odd games when they got promoted and the, that's when the famous Our House rubbish <laughs> came out um, but I think he's got like I want to say it's like a problem with his his back which affects his hamstrings or something like that I think he, he's, he's quite prone to picking up injuries so it, it kind of didn't surprise me that much that he wasn't playing, but I secretly was hoping he was because last time he came with Wickham, he had an absolute stinker and it was brilliant. Um, but sadly, it looks like I'm going to be let down. Yeah, we, well, we signed him when we signed him from Stevenage first time, man. He he came to us with bad knees, uh, and he played a hell of a lot of games for us to be fair after that. And then I was quite surprised we let him go again. I think it was with his back issue, and I was quite surprised to see how many games he did play at Wickham to be fair. and yeah, some players, they never help themselves, do they, really? They let their, their mouth do the talking where, where their feet can't really cash the checks kind of thing, can they? They just, I don't know, footballers, they're not the brightest, are they, to be fair, most of them, and they say stuff that they shouldn't really. All, all part of the fun, I guess, in a sense, isn't it? It's nice to be able to say, can we can we shout at him from the touchline? Will he shout back at us? It's nice to have it rather than going, can we shout at him through his stream? So there's the there's the positive <laughs> to all that, mate. On Saturday, he'll be on the bench, I'm guessing, so you'll be able to... The people just behind him will be able to give him enough stick. And uh, I'm sure Darius will love it. And if we win, I'm sure he'll be giving it back as well. So, And so we should. That's what football's about. <laughs> That's um, talking about your defence, obviously Ben Hennigan was a player that was linked to us recently. And I looked to see if he was playing and actually came across something that totally took me away from Ben Hennigan completely. You switched from a back three to a back four to a back three, if Google's correct and live scores is correct. Um, how likely are you to line up in a back three or back four? What, what and what do you think will be best going into the game against them? 
your guess with regards to our formations is as good as mine. This is another thing why Robbo is so loved at the moment as well, is that his he has this thing where he will change for like we four against Bolton, three against uh, Gillingham. He could go. He could match up with yourselves. He could go three. He could go five at the back. He and he'll change it during the game as well. So we'll start three five two and we'll mix it to four five one. It just changes week on week, and it's it, we got battered by Peterborough last year, four 0 at their place. Smoddox actually he run the show, and just they absolutely destroyed us in the second half. And the reason why is they changed their formation three times in the second half, and we just couldn't live with them. And that's the kind of, again, the kind of uh, manager Rob is he took this all on board and was like, I need to do that with my team because if we, we can become what Peter would become last year, it would be fantastic. We haven't got their money, but we have got the heart and desire. And I think we'll go with a four. I think we might go four, five, one uh, against yourselves. Uh, I'm not sure we'll see Dapo. I think we'll see... Uh, Presley might. It's so hard at the moment because everyone's playing well for us. It's so hard to pick a team because Saturday I thought everyone done fantastic. The manager disagreed and he ch- changed it seven times against Gillingham. And everyone on, against Gillingham was at, we were superb against Gillingham and just one silly mistake cost us the points, which again is football. But I've, I think we'll go four at the back. Uh, and yeah, I think we'll possibly go five in midfield and try and get you on a counter attack in quick football. Call low block by the the new the new school, isn't it? You might sit back and try and hit us in the break. I think is what we would call it. Um, <laughs> obviously, be the probably my favourite bit of the show, which just shows you the the ego I have about Sunderland is which players from our side would potentially worry Wimbledon fans going into the game. But it's actually quite a good market to get an understanding of who's standing out and sometimes get some surprising answers to this. Um, but which players do you you particularly worry about from Sunderland, and, and where do you think we could potentially be here? So a big one for me would be Ross Stewart up front for you boys. Yeah. Uh I think yeah, he could he could be a danger man. Uh Luco Nine, uh, I think he's brilliant. Uh, uh and there was rumors, I don't know if these are real off the you know, you see on Twitter loads of times you see this player sign, and there was rumors that we were looking at Luco Nine in the summer, which I Never was going to happen, to be fair, because we couldn't afford him. Uh, and it also, there's Aidan McGeady, who I, I don't know what you think about him. I think he could be, one minute he's brilliant from what I've seen, and then the next three games he, he he's he's pretty bad. So it depends on what Aidan McGeady turns up. I don't, again, I don't obviously watch Sunderland week in, week out, but as I said, he could be brilliant. And then he, yeah... Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big McGeady fan. You were speaking to him, probably one of the biggest. So I'm very biased when it comes to Aidan McGeady. <laughs> yeah, and as I said, I, I, I've only seen what I've, again, as you said earlier on Quest. He was actually poor on Tuesday. To be fair, he actually we played well. He wasn't at his full tilt. So there's definitely, definitely going to be agreement in that 100. percent But how how he's still playing in the League One is beyond me. To be fair, he's a Championship player. Uh, but, but yeah, as I said, Ross Stewart's the big one for me, I think. But if you go one up front and we, we play four at the back, I think we can contain you. I really do. But yeah, they're the three players that I'd pick. Luco Nine for me is one of the best players in the division. I don't know how you weren't playing him last year, but you never played Dobson last year, which is, again, mad to us Wimbledon fans. Oh, that's a, that's a really interesting one, George Dobson, because um, obviously he went down to... I was secretly... A, 
a George Dobson fanboy, but it was all a bit tongue in cheek. I actually, he wasn't very good for us to be kind. Um, but he went to Wimbledon. He did really well, didn't he, George Dobson? He was oh. desperate to sign him. He was he was unreal for it, and we couldn't believe that you let him go because he was. I don't know if you were playing him in a wrong position. That's what I believe what happened that you were playing him more as a attacking midfielder, and he was for us. He just sat. He was just superb last season for us. We would have done anything to sign him, uh, but quite happy we got George Marsh now. He's younger and it looks like he'll step in. So that was an interesting one. I think you you would probably find one in five Sunderland fans that would say things as drastic as the worst boo we've ever had, which is really weird. Um, I personally think it was the worst, but he's potentially up there. But when he went to Wimbledon, I did see, totally skipped my mind, like how much he's actually loved him. And I obviously I spoke to Ivor about him. People were about when he was saying he was great. He's like, he's fit in so well. Why have you let him go? So he was unreal, unreal for us last year. He was probably one of our, if he, if he assigned at start season, he would have won our player of the year award. He was that good when he came down to us. And that's what I mean. We were like, Someone let him go. They've got. They must have some very, very good talent, and to let this kid go. And it was like he was brilliant for us. And now he's yeah. The thing annoys us is any player that we have that's really good that we don't own that comes to us on loan. Cholton end up signing. <laughs> so they've they've had Purinton off us. They had Lyle Taylor off us. They had Dobson off us. Well, not off us, but yeah, we yeah. love to sign him. But yeah. It was an interesting one. I thought I'd better delve into that because now you mentioned his name. I was like, oh, God, yeah, I remember that. Um, but final question as always, because you've joined me late and I, I know you've been doing a podcast before this, score prediction. Oh, it's, it's, I, I, I fancy us to go and win 1-0. I fancy us to nick it 1-0. Uh, but I could, a draw could still be on, I think. I'd, I really fancy us to win. Oh, you're too, you're too confident with that. It's kind of worried me a bit. I was feeling quite confident going into Saturday. Now, your confidence has made me go a bit shaky. But to be fair, my predictions are never right. I got three out of 40-odd last season, correct? So, like, <laughs> mine's pointless anyway. So, I'll, I'll say... I'll go the opposite way. You can't bet against your own team. I'll say 1-0. Um, I was going to say Will Greg goal, but I couldn't keep my couldn't keep my laughing. Um, <laughs> so, I'll say Ross Stewart, mate. But, um, Lee, really good chatting. Um, Thank you. Always, always enjoy chatting with the Wimbledon fan, whether that's cheesy and obvious, I don't know, but it's it's such a story that it's hard to not get involved with it as a football fan, but it's been really nice to ha- get like another perspective on it from a, another Wimbledon fan. I just, just hope you enjoyed yourself. But um, before I let you go, Lee, there will be people that want to know where they can listen to your stuff, how they can follow obviously your podcast. Um, where's the best places to, to get you? Uh, Twitter's the best place at the moment, so it's Wombles Dream. Uh, and you can find us across all the uh, usual places at the, the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. But yeah, Twitter's the main one, and uh, that's where we uh, do our usual stuff. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really have enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on. And good luck for the rest of the season, apart from obviously the two games that we play. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the usual, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the pleasantries, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>